Hey everyone, I'm Jason Rosewell, and this is Flightcast, the Infinite Flight podcast. This is a show about the mobile flight simulator Infinite Flight, which you can find in the App Store or on Google Play. My guest today is no stranger to Flightcast, and he haunts the recording booth occasionally as my co-host. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Flying Development Studios' newest employee, Mr. Mark Denton, or as our listeners may know him as, Skyhawk Heavy. Mark, welcome back, brother. And thank you. Glad to be here. So for our new listeners who may not realize, Mark was a part of our real-life pilot series in Episode 7, where he talked about his adventures as a private pilot with our friend Dale. To listen to that episode, visit flightcast.audio and use the handy-dandy search bar to search for Episode 7, or use your favorite podcast app and search for Flightcast Episode 7. So Mark, you're here to talk about your new position with Flying Development Studio, and the title for that is Pilot Community Manager. So... Tell us what in the world that means. <laughs> well, it's uh, kind of similar to what you know Tyler's doing on the ATC side as the uh, ATC community manager. Uh, basically, here to be an advocate for the pilots, um, you know, just to help uh, help others, you know, learn how to fly, but you know, answer questions about flying. Which in the past week since the announcement was made, I've been flooded with emails and and messages. So it's it seemed uh, that it's been helpful for some already. So just basically to help people uh, understand flying a little bit more. Okay. Uh, Mark, I don't have this on my run sheet for you, but I just thought, what? how does this affect your current role as the, well, what was your current role before they hired you? Let's start with that. Uh, my current role, well, prior to them hiring me, was uh, as an ATC manager uh, with Tyler, uh, basically moderating uh, within the app itself, as well as the ATC side, uh, helping him with, uh, with his tutorials, uh, graphics, so on and so forth. And, uh, which I will now be doing that more for the pilot side on tutorials, events, um, graphics, explanations, uh, Q and a stuff like that. Uh, but also I'll still be working with Tyler as Tyler will be working with me even though it's ATC and pilot they're still unified by the the common ground of course and you know we're able to work together to to help uh bridge the gap if you will between pilots and ATC so okay really not much is going to change on that end i may not be as involved with the ATC side obviously because working on the pilot side is actually taking up quite a bit of time yeah joe and i have noticed you haven't been around yeah. talking to us very often yeah y'all I, I i've seen the messages and and i apologize for the withdrawals that y'all may be suffering from <laughs> man i'm excited for you i think it's uh it's awesome and I, I think it's really really cool for our community um let's just back up a little bit uh the for people who are just joining us maybe for the first time or maybe you've just started with Infinite Flight uh, recently or you've stumbled across this podcast and you don't know what the heck we're talking about, in the the flights, the mobile flight simulator, Infinite Flight, obviously is what we're talking about here. But it goes, um, when, when many of us started out, we were flying around all by ourselves on the map, uh, which is common for a flight simulator. And um, when was it, Mark, in 2000 and 
2015, early 2015 maybe, or something they added uh, live. I wanna, yeah, I want to say it was 2014. Yeah, yeah, end of 2014. Right, so they added that, and then all of a sudden we could see each other on the map. We could, You can buy a live subscription. Uh, it's super affordable, um, monthly price or yearly. And not to do too much plugging for <laughs> for these guys, but <laughs> that's the whole point of the podcast. So I guess exactly. it's, it's shameless. So um, now we can fly around on the map. And then after that, um, maybe six months later, they added live air traffic control. So previous to that, we were talking on Unicom frequencies to each other as pilots. And there wasn't a whole lot of accountability in terms of, you know, people trolling and, and flying around like Nimrods. Uh, interfering with people and then ATC came along and all of a sudden we need to start building up this air traffic controller community that's where I came in at some point um, joined the ranks of ATC and uh, then eventually um, got a moderator position and the whole goal of this IFATC community for the advanced server is to really just provide great air traffic control service Absolutely. So, so now the other part of that is where Mark comes in. And I think uh, Flying Development Studio uh, and the developers realized, okay, wait a sec. Tyler's taking this and he's running a fantastic advanced server air traffic control community. And now where we're lacking is on the pilot side and people needing that kind of even sometimes really basic instruction that the game, the sorry, the simulator may not provide for everybody in a clear way um, just Correct. by itself right so there's lots and lots of help you can get on the forum um, which is community.infinite-flight.com which you'll see mark on a lot more i'm assuming in the next uh, a coming lot months more uh and we're going to get into that a little bit more later and just different resources for pilots but that's kind of where if and correct me if i'm wrong mark but that's where this whole kind of position came out of just a, a bit of a bit of a gap on the pilot side. Yeah, and you know it's, and that's what I talked to uh, to Matt and Philippe about was, you know, what I'd like to see is you know having a, a flight sim, um, which, of course, is com completely unparalleled to anything else that is available in my opinion. Absolutely. When you have, first of all, the aircraft rendering has become so unbelievable. Ooh, and um, more good stuff to come to. Oh, yes. And then when they introduced the live, that took Infinite Flight above and beyond anything else. Now, with Live ATC, uh, within the past year, has taken it even further. So it's not just a great experience to get on and fly and have that realism of the aircraft, but to have others that you can fly with, that you can plan these flights with and, you know, fly with your friends. Or if you see a group flying that you want to catch up and join and be a part of. And, um, and then with the air traffic control, just adding an entirely new dimension to it, it is absolutely unbelievable. And the people that you meet, that's what still is so astonishing to me. To meet people and fly with people from all around the world, people that you would never meet in any other circumstances. 
But to come to one app and to be able to fly with somebody that may be from, you know, Philippines, Australia, uh, Europe, even Canada, the three people that we have on Infinite Flight from Canada. Gasp. Mm -hmm. They're the best pilots, by the way. Ish. But, you know, it's... But it's just so awesome to do to to have that experience. You know, you have such a huge time difference, of course, uh, between the two. But to be able to get on and fly with other people from all around the world yeah. well, still amazes me. What blows me away too is that you you might be flying with uh, a pilot who's on layover and is now flying his flight sim in his hotel room or in the airport, just killing time. And yeah, you're I've heard alongside. about something like that. I've heard that you know a couple of the pilots you know might be on layover that just flew a six, eight, twelve hour flight, but as soon as they get in their room, they connect to the Wi-Fi. And, it's true, or they're yeah. or they're uh, you're you're being vectored by someone who uh, is a pilot and was just vectored in real life. <laughs> You know, exactly. themselves or, or for goodness sakes, we've got air traffic controllers doing air traffic control on, on infinite flight. So, And it's, that in itself is just exciting to me. It is. It speaks, I think, huge volumes to the it quality does. of the sim. But, um, yeah, and, and that's what's awesome, man, is being able to plan those flights. And it's to me, it's just exciting to be able to do that. Um, you know, some of the controllers... <laughs> They may not like it when they see several Spitfires uh, spawn, but you know, to me, it's just all of ex- it, it's all the excitement and just the fun of being able to fly with friends that you've made through Infinite Flight, yeah, definitely um, from all over the world. So, definitely a great experience. Cool. Well, let's move on here. Um, l- let's hear you. You've already kind of outlined some of them, but what would be some of your primary goals or initiatives or objectives when you, uh, as you start into this position? Well, the biggest thing that I really want to do is to help educate people. Um, You know, one thing that that we've noticed is we have such a great simulator, such a great product, and we want to make it available, of course, to anyone. And it is available to anyone, but we want people just to to continue to join the community but we have some that may not fully understand the entire concept so they can download the sim uh, get either the planes that come with it or they can purchase the planes uh, that they want and but you you may have someone who has absolutely no flying experience whatsoever spawn at LAX in an a380 but have never actually flown anything else prior to that right so they don't understand you know how to truly take off flap setting speeds or when they're landing and they end up doing three or four donuts into the grass after landing why did that happen so the biggest thing is to educate the community on on flying if you have a flight simulator we can't just take it for granted and assume that everybody knows how to fly Mm. and it is a sim but still you hear over and over again 
you know, realism, realism, realism. Well, to bring that realism or take it to another level, that's what my goal is, is to educate people, to help them to understand why flaps are, are used for takeoff, why more flaps are used for landing. What's the purpose of flaps? Mark, you don't use flaps. Uh, I do occasionally. Oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. In, in the 172 in real life, I rarely use the flaps, especially on the runways that we have here, you know, or a mile and a half long. I got plenty of room to stop, but shorter runways, yes. But Man, I can't uh, wait to go flying with you. Oh, it will be an experience like no other. <laughs> I don't I've taken, that for a second. I have taken friends up who love flying, or not flying, but they love all these scary roller coasters and everything else, and I take them up. And I'm safe now. I never do anything that's completely unsafe. But I had one guy who was like, can we do something besides just go straight? <laughs> <laughs> That's not yes. what you want to say to Mark Denton no. in the airplane. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I request to go a little bit higher uh, once I get outside the uh, airspace. And then I go down to, say, like our practice area where we practice maneuvers and stuff like that. You know, putting through some stall series, slow flight, a uh, couple spins. Uh, my favorite is probably the graveyard spiral. Mm. Uh, little things like that and having them wanting me to take them back to the airport as soon as possible. I watched you do a graveyard spiral in a, what was it, a 777? No, it was a 747, wasn't it? No, it was that 737. Oh, right, the uh, factory color 737. Yeah, Tyler attempted a spin, and I achieved it. So I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I got a little bit more time behind the yoke than he does. But he'll get there. He'll get there. He'll get there. All but right, that, so flap yeah, settings? Yeah, things like that. You know, getting back to the basics of flying. You can't just hop in a 747 or an A380 and and go. You know, what I would like to see um, is maybe in the future have people start in 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 the beginning with smaller aircraft. You know, a 172, 208, the Cirrus. You know, fly for a little bit, build a little bit of time, and then work their way up to achieve it. So it, it sets goals inside the app for people to achieve, uh, the larger aircraft, but also they learn a little bit as they progress as well. Hmm. That's something that I would like to see. Uh, but if not until then, it's take, taking the basic concept and applying it to each aircraft. So that, that's what I want to do is, uh, as far as an initiative is, is to educate the community. And by doing that, it's also going to work well with bridging that gap. Like I mentioned earlier with ATC, once you learn how to fly and get the flying down and get comfortable with it, then the whole other uh, aspect of that is the ATC communications, helping pilots to understand what those communications mean. Just like this weekend, Tyler posted, uh, he and I worked on two different posts. Whenever we post things, we're going to try to do it simultaneously where he's posting from ATC perspective, I'm posting from a pilot's perspective. So he put, when do I send an on-guard message for somebody entering an airspace where 
when do I request a transition is what I posted. So an on guard is the ATC term, but a transition request is going to be for the pilot's term. But they mm-hmm. two but the two go hand in hand. So little things like that to help like I said, help bridge that gap to make a better overall experience for both pilots and the controllers. Because as a controller, it can be frustrating, as you know, for people who don't fully understand when you tell them to line up and wait, well, some of them may get confused and they think, well, I'm already lined up at the whole short line and I've been waiting. Right. When it actually means taxi out to the center line of the runway, line up and wait for your clearance to take off. So what I'm hearing is a lot of stuff that's already been explained so many times, but I guess part of your role is to really just reiterate all of this for people who maybe uh, where a language barrier is an issue or they just can't find the info they're looking for. They don't know how to find the info they're looking for. Correct. And, and with the language barrier you always have that visual. So what I want to do is create even very two, three, four, maybe five minute tutorial videos on the process. For example, one that I have on my list to work on is from spawn to takeoff. Hmm. You spawn, create your flight plan, get your aircraft settings all, you know, done the way that you want them request pushback taxi to the uh to the hold short line request takeoff then takeoff you know a very simple video because we can say it all we want but i think people are more responsive to having something visual that they can relate to you can say it but if you show it then they can actually have a better understanding of what that means so I can say, well, in this scenario, you would actually use line up and wait. What does that mean? Well, let me show you. Hmm. You taxi out, line up on the center line, and you wait for your clearance to take off. And if you show that in a small video or a very short clip, they can actually comprehend that. And that's the way that I've always been. You know, I can read all day long, and after about five minutes, the words start coming off the page. You're seeing everything in 3D, or I'm sorry, what, 4K now, or 3D, or whatever you want to call it. Whatever it is. Yeah. But if I see it, I've got it. Well, so let let us know at FlightCast how we can help. If we can do a little, um, you know, segment every now and then, just uh, as a pilot, pilot training segment, then uh, let's do it. That's actually a great idea. Well, to tie that in with the times that we post the videos, stuff like that, that would actually work out really well. So we could work on something for that. But that that's what I want to achieve is to help everybody get on the same page. And we have such a large number of new members that, that join weekly. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a central source for them to be able to go to, to learn. Because people like us that that have several, several hundred hours on the sim, but you know, also for those that have, you know, real life experience plus the sim, we have those that are joining on a daily basis that have zero experience. So mm-hmm. I want to help 
bring everybody up to that level. Now, is it going to happen overnight? No. It's going to be a process, but it can happen, and I believe that it will happen. I have no doubt. And that's what I want to do. I want, you know, just in my Spitfire tutorial alone, I've had so many people message me. Uh, one, one person messaged me and said, finally, I was able to take off in the Spitfire and land without dying. Nice. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a good goal. If one life is saved, it's, all it's worth it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, something that we were actually talking about, uh, me and a couple other pilots, um, or, or controllers, about the Spitfire the other night was that someone had asked a question, hey, why do, uh, and I won't call this guy out. It, it was a question I had too when I was starting out. Why, when I've got an eight-knot crosswind, let's say, um, from the right, do I have to apply left rudder to go in the same direction as the wind that's coming from the right, which is counterintuitive. You'd think you'd need to aim the nose of your airplane into the wind like you would on an approach. Um, but if you can quickly figure out that if you do that, you're going to go in circles and have to start again. <laughs> exactly. And, and and with the Spitfire, number one, it's already so lot. It's such a lot airplane. Yeah. Um, but that's what makes it so maneuverable and so much fun. But you have to picture the aircraft as a weather vane, if you will. So if you have the wind coming from the right, what's the broadest section of the aircraft that the wind is hitting? That's the tail section. Right. So that tail section is actually going to be hit uh, the wind is actually going to be hitting that tail section, pushing the tail section to the left, which of course turns the nose to the right. So that's why you have to apply opposite rudder in order to keep that nose down the center line. Yeah. And it, it's counterintuitive. At first. It is. Yeah, it is. And I think a biggest mistake, and that's one thing I tried to uh, say in the tutorial is one thing that I do see is so many people make they they make excessive corrections. Mm -hmm. They'll take that rudder and slide it all the way to the left, which will either spin them out or shoot them off to the side or whatever. But it's just very small, very minor corrections to do that. And it's the same way in real life when you're flying. And you're, you're trying to track the ILS when you're flying or when you're flying from one place to another and you're flying using VORs to fly, then that needle, you want to stay on that needle, keep it in the center and <clears throat> just very small corrections. If you turn it too much, it's going to go too far to the uh, one side or the other. So you just make very small corrections. I'm working on a video now on flying an ILS. And that's what I'm trying to portray in the video as well, is making small corrections, staying on the extended center line, that localizer, to the runway. Mm -hmm. And then also with, of course, the glide slope. A lot of people will pitch up and down. They'll go from level flight to plus 20 degrees to try to catch the 
try to catch <laughs> the glide slope or they'll go nose down and try to catch the glide slope when you don't even have to change the angle of attack of your nose of the aircraft. You can just use that throttle. Right. Keep it level and just use your throttle to control your altitude. You know, it's very simple things. There, there's little techniques that even experienced IF pilots. You know, I'm not a pilot myself, so um, there are little techniques that I I use um, that are new once in a while. And then there's new challenges you can do. Like, I, for instance, I haven't used. I rarely ever use trim, elevator trim. Um, yeah. So lately, what I've been doing is tr- just tr- trying to experiment with the trim a little bit and trying to. You know, when we talk about realism, just trying to imagine that I do have an airplane full of people and that I want that experience to be a comfortable one. I want my approach to be comfortable. I don't want too many, you know, I don't want to dive the nose of the airplane and things like that. Now, there's all, there are always times when we're not paying attention the way we should be because, you know, it's a simulator and life life can be distracting and that's okay. <laughs> um, exactly. But... but uh, you know, another new challenge that I tried was, and you can ask uh, Doug Hamilton about this because he was watching me from the control tower at LAX. But I, I made my, I got established on the localizer and the glide slope, um, just to, under the glide slope a little bit, and then completely turned off my heads-up display. So I'm in the 737 cockpit, and here I am approaching runway 25 left, and I've got nothing except for. I've got wind direction down in my toolbar and my altitude uh, and my speed. And really, those are the only things helping me. I don't have a yoke to look at. Oh, you um, removed the yoke? No yoke. <clears throat> I'm proud so, of you. I'm so proud of I, you. I just, I trimmed it a little bit and they, it wasn't, it was, I mean, you know, I landed, uh, I, I floated a little bit. My flare was probably super ugly, but it was, um, it wasn't bad. And it's something I want to work on because it's very eerie when you turn everything off <laughs> did now were you flying from the cockpit view or just without any hud at all just Co- a blank cockpit, screen? cockpit view and and i'll be the first to tell you that is difficult for me without the hud on infinite flight just because you don't have for me and it may be different for some others and i'm sure that there are several on infinite flight that actually have mastered it uh, but for me, I just don't have that that visual perception that I have in real life when I'm flying. Yeah. Well, you have you know, to do, I think, is just fly a little bit with the HUD turned on, um, mm-hmm. on that approach path. So you come in with a straight-in approach and then get a try and get a real sense of what you're seeing out of the flight deck window. And then turn it off and cross your fingers but the the without seeing there's a couple things that really can disorient you quickly and one is not having the artificial horizon um yes. i think that's what it's called uh and then not having your um uh your vertical speed that can make a big difference as well and that's that's another thing even you know in real life when you're flying and even flying VFR, you still have instruments that you have to watch, right. vertical speed being one, your airspeed. Um, but you're also watching that altimeter. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what you're, tra- you're taught to trust your instruments, right? Exactly. So if some of your instruments disappear, it's, it's eerie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, but so in real life, even flying visually, you still have the, you know, you have that easy perception of looking out the window just to get a good gauge uh, of the ground. 
um, of the horizon. But you also are, when you're going through training, you're taught to constantly glance at your instruments. It's scanning, it's called a six pack, the six main instruments that you watch. And you're constantly scanning your instruments, scanning outside, you know, like when you're driving. Um, what do they teach you? Uh, they, they teach you to constantly scan your rear view mirrors, but of course, focusing outside. Scan your mirrors, look outside. Of course, you're looking at your speed. It's the same way with flying. Mm -hmm. You're constantly scanning outside for, yes, the ground, the horizon, other aircraft to have separation, uh, separational awareness. Uh, but you're also scanning those instruments to look at your altimeter, to look at your vertical speed, your airspeed, uh, things of that nature. So it, it's a little bit difficult on infinite flight right now, but it is also a good challenge. And uh, that may be something uh, we could do as a challenge in the future uh, is to do the best, uh, the best cockpit view landing. Uh, maybe have someone, uh, we'd have to work out the details of it, but it couldn't be on solo. It would have to be on live. Right. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's, nice. that's a very good point. Okay. So, um, we've talked about some of the things, what, what are just some overall general tips that we can start very basic, basic. You've already talked about starting in a lighter aircraft. Um, someone that wants to really get their feet wet. What are some other uh, other overall skill sets that pilots could have? Um, the biggest thing that I would say is just getting comfortable with the plane. I mean, I, I can't reiterate enough on starting off small. That is the biggest skill set that you really need to focus on because even in – well, the Spitfire is small, yes, but that's still a difficult plane that, well, it can be difficult to fly. But even the 172, start off small and just get used to how, you know, that plane flies, how it, you know, with with your device that you're using, um, flap settings, try landing without flaps, try landing with flaps and see the differences that it makes. Once you get comfortable, then progress your way up to the next one. Um, to something a little bit faster or, and a little bit bigger. Um, but the basic thing is just understanding flight in itself. Um, you know, you have the throttle, which is the thrust, uh, drag, weight, lift, the four components of flying. So, you know, understanding a little bit about that, there's so much on the internet that you can, that you can review and, um, so many videos available, which I plan on creating several tutorials on how to do all of this. So it will soon be available on the infinite flight channel on YouTube. So you'll be able to go to one shot, uh, one stop, one channel to be able to view all this, but, uh, just basically <clears throat> get comfortable flying the plane, flying at, you know, flying level, try flying without the autopilot. The autopilot makes people lazy. I use it all the time, especially on long flights. But fly patterns in a smaller airplane and get used to maintaining that altitude without the autopilot, making turns, stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, one, one thing that I did over and over and over, this is before 
live existed. Stay on solo mode for a while. Live is awesome, but stay on solo mode for a while. And fly approaches, so you can start in solo mode with with a, a short uh, final or a short final. Start on a start on a, a final approach, and just fly that approach over and yeah. over and over and over. Figure out on whatever airplane you're flying what an approach a reasonable approach speed is for the weight of, that you've got happening, and you know figure out your rate of descent that you should have, what your what your angle of attack is. And just fly that over and over and over until you're comfortable with it. Like taking off and flying around, everything's super fun. But um, you know, if you can't land the thing, then <laughs> exactly, you know, you're what's Joshua. The, what's the point? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you might be a terrific air traffic controller, but you're not a great pilot. And that's yeah. not. I don't mean Joshua. Uh, well, I do. Yeah, well, you do. We should and move I, on. I second that. Um, but he's he's getting better slowly. We love you, Joshua. <laughs> he's getting better. But I mean, yeah, and that that's such a great point. You know, get used to reading the HUD. You know, I've, I've uh, put out uh, a description of the HUD, how to understand, how to read the HUD. Mm-hmm. Um, and the HUD, for those who don't understand, HUD means heads up display. So understanding what everything means on that screen is key. Everything on there has has a purpose. It has its own meaning. And understanding what's your airspeed, uh, what is your vertical speed, what is your altitude, the wind direction, you know, what do those lines mean uh, on the on the little small uh, dial at the bottom, um, you know, little things like that. So the uh, that's one thing I'm also working on as well, Jason is. Uh, not necessarily video tutorials, but just images mm. to understand airport markings, uh, which I'll be putting that one out uh, probably this week. Um, what's a taxiway and what's not a taxiway? If your wheels are in the grass when you're trying to taxi down it, chances are it's not a taxiway. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's meant for vehicles. <laughs> so. Right. Um, Understanding airport markings. What are all these markings? What all these lines on the runway mean? Okay, just little things like that. But understanding the HUD, get that basic down. Uh, Knowing what all the lines mean, what all the markings mean, get that down. And then solo mode is the great place, like you said, to, to learn it. Because let's say you shoot an approach, you mess up that landing, you can go back 20 seconds do it again. Mm-hmm, exactly. Little things like that. So yeah. I'm going to be putting out a bunch of images and documents for people that they can review, maybe even download and create their own little infinite flight manual that they can reference. Um, when they, okay, well, I'm going to go fly the 737-800. You know, what are the flap settings and speeds for this weight and that way? Little things like that. I'm going to be creating all of those. Nice. For people to have a quick reference to, instead of having to search the internet for everything, it's all going to be in one central location. Well, and that's why someone like you is really important because, as the game or the simulator, sorry, let's, let's just use game and simulator interchangeably for my benefit because I'm a dumb dumb. Or I can um, just correct you every time. You, <laughs> that's why I have you here. <laughs> that we things are changing and evolving all the time. So having somebody like you is great because. A resource that was relevant last year may not even be relevant at all this year. It could be air traffic control 
commands or it could be you know even even autopilot settings um, could evolve you know over time oh absolutely uh, how and to then talk to air traffic control probably is the thing that will evolve the most i would think um but yeah, yeah. and the uh, and going back to what you were talking about flying on autopilot uh and i think i kind of missed what i was wanting to say there initially but you know some people i know that fly when they when they're flying say from san diego to los angeles and they make it realistic they'll take off with one uh one weight like uh the max takeoff weight mm-hmm. but then they change it to the max landing weight as if they've burned fuel during that time which is pretty cool to do that but you have to also adjust the plane whenever you do that mid flight Right. Because changing that weight is going to change the way the aircraft feels. So uh, I've heard several people, Melvin has mentioned it numerous times. When you disengage that autopilot, you want to make sure that you go ahead and <clears throat> retrim or either trim the aircraft or recalibrate your device before you disengage that autopilot. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, little things like that, and then adjust the trim accordingly. Uh, just to kind of reiterate what the trim is for, Jason, you've probably seen several posts on on the uh, inter- on the Facebook as well. And what that trim does is, you'll find yourself when you're when you're flying or when you're landing, and you feel that you're having to tilt your device back so far to where you can barely even see the screen. Well, you're you're basically having to hold that nose up. Well, that's what you would use the trim for. You would want to trim that nose up to where you can release that pressure is the term that we use. Release the pressure on the, on the yoke. You're having to release that pressure on your device. Now, so use that trim. I have a question about that actually, Mark. And I, mm-hmm. I like I said, I've been experimenting with using trim and you see, uh, if you're watching YouTube, uh, cockpit videos, you, obviously, you know, the, and a 737, I think it's on the, on the yoke. They've got a button on their left hand that they can adjust the trim. And then you see the trim wheels moving or you hear them moving. When and they do it a lot, so I know they're I know real life pilots are using trim a lot in the jets, mm-hmm. or they 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 can. Um, but when when we're using trim, I've always my my brain wants to say, well, if you're using too much trim, then you're either going too fast or too slow um, mm-hmm. for the rate of descent that you've got. So, do is there a balance? And I know you don't fly jets, but you use trim in a one seventy two. Um, All is, the time. is there a balance between, okay, I'm using so much trim that I, I must be going too, too slowly, or I must be going too fast because my nose wants to pitch down. So how do we, how do you find a good balance there? Well, the biggest thing that the trim is used for is you don't use the trim to maneuver the plane. That's the biggest thing that you don't want to do. Um, you fly the plane yourself and get it into a comfortable position and adjust the trim to hold that position. That's what the trim is for, is basically to hold a comfortable position so you're not having to fight that aircraft to keep the nose up. You can actually trim that nose up to where you're not having to fight it all the way down to the ground. Mm -hmm. Or if you're coming in, uh, a lot of times uh, you may be coming in too fast and so you've got a nose down and people will try to trim the nose up. If you're coming in at 250 knots, trimming that nose up is not going to help when you got flaps uh, uh, deployed. So right. fly the plane, get the plane in a comfortable position, 
and then set your trim accordingly. And the goal of the trim is that you want to be able to let go of the controls and that plane will fly as is, as if it's on autopilot. Okay, right. Does that help answer? Yeah, yeah. The, the coolest feeling is when you are on approach and you hit the autopilot off button and nothing happens. Oh, yes. That's like... And you that's have a, to check to see if you actually disengage the autopilot. Exactly. That's why I was... I like yes. the little um, little chirp autopilot disengage sound. That's what my phone does when I get a text message. And <laughs> the best timing <laughs> is when I press the autopilot off button and I get a text message at the same time. <laughs> that is... And you don't even know. You don't even you, know. Um, that's right. And just for the record, I know you said I don't fly jets. Um, I have a little bit of stick time in a uh, Cessna Citation. No way. Yes. How do I not know this? Uh, oh, I thought I, I thought I told you. Um, I thought we were friends. We are. We are. But there are some things that you know I still keep as hidden secrets. But um, not taking off or landing, of course. But um, and actually flying uh, i flew a uh, trip with a guy um who is uh one of the owners of a national chain um uh, he lives here in mobile and <clears throat> has a citation and so i got to fly in the right seat from here taking him up to north carolina and then I, of course i flew back with the uh, with the pilot nice and uh he actually let me fly the plane make some turns here and there, and uh, and and actually get some stick time. Of course, I couldn't log it. No. And then uh, I've got uh, around 25 hours in the Falcon 20 uh, simulator when they had it out here at the Coast Guard base here in Mobile. The Dassault. Uh, the Dassault Falcon 20. Mm, okay. When the Coast Guard used to fly those, uh, got in good with uh, one of the instructors. Nice. And actually have about 25 hours flying that on full motion, taking off, landing, flying from A to B, stuff like that. And unbelievable how those things are so realistic. So uh, took off out of Washington, D.C., out of Reagan. And he said you, it was a night sim. Uh, at the time, it was the only only thing they had was night, nighttime. So you really had to learn how to trust your instruments. But um, this was before daytime sims and all that. So he's like, you see that red beacon over there? And I said, yeah. He said, climb to this. I forget the altitude. But he said, and fly directly to the beacon. Well, the closer I got, I realized it was the Washington Monument. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he said, just keep flying straight. I'm looking at the beacon, flying straight, holding the plane level, but I could just subconsciously, I'm starting to turn the plane to avoid the beacon because I really didn't want to destroy a national monument, even though I'm on a simulator. Right. Um, he's like, no, just keep flying straight. Level it out, Mark. Level it out. And ended up flying through it. But it was so cool because you, you, all, you feel like it's so real that I started to kind of turn away from it, and he actually made me fly through it, but... <laughs> um, well, little uh, things like that. Our our buddy Dale, who was uh, on episode seven with you, on yeah. our real world pilots. He's been uh, logging lots of flight time, uh, simulator time in the seven thirty seven three hundred. I think. Yeah, I saw his picture that he shared with us. Yeah, um, which is awesome. So he's on his way to now. I think he's going to be flying an Airbus, but uh, eventually. But he's getting his uh, simulator time in the seven three seven because that's what they have over there. So yeah, he's learning to fly the better plane now. 
<laughs> so Ooh. that way he'll know what to come back to. Jared, if you're listening, I had nothing to do with that. I was not on the run sheet. <laughs> um, Mark, you we, know, it, we have I'm to – sorry, uh, finish that thought. No, I was just going to say, I'm starting to really like the, the Airbus 320 series and the 1918. So, um, yeah, but I'm a Boeing guy. always have been. Here's my – speaking of Airbus, here's my autopilot off text noise. Oh, I need to find that one. I'll send I like it to that. you. Actually, I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll post a link to it. So um, yeah, I anybody who wants that. to I use like it that. I actually have the uh, – you know the sound when they turn the seatbelt sign off? Yeah. In an airplane? Yeah. I actually use that for text messages. I think I've got that one here somewhere too. It's so great to be able to track flights live and find places to open frequencies where the traffic is in Infinite Flight. Cam is here to tell us a bit more about Live Flight. I think you pretty much nailed it, Jason. Awesome, but there is more to it than just flight tracking. Indeed. Have you tried flying with a joystick on your iPad yet? The Autonav feature in Connect is pretty sweet too, I must admit. So what's coming next for Live Flight? You'll have to wait and see. But let's just say flying on infinite flight will never be the same again. Go and check out what we have out now though. You easily spend countless hours tracking flights in infinite flight live whilst doing some proper joystick flying. Thanks Cam. In the meantime everyone, head over to liveflightapp.com for your next flight. Now back to the podcast. We've got to we've got to make this uh, make the end of this thing happen, Mark. So let's go get to some Facebook questions. We haven't had time to do all of this, but um, there'll be lots more from Mark coming up in the future because uh, I think we should just do some uh, pilot community manager segments on Flightcast. Yeah, that'll work. Why not? You're going to have to be careful to... Uh, we're going to have to time limit you, though, Mark, because you have no problem taking up the whole episode. Yeah, I'm really trying to come out of my shell, Jason. I really am, and you've helped me so much achieve that, sure so thank you. The one Facebook question that we had a few times, and a couple guys were asking on Slack, was what what's the story uh, behind the Skyhawk Heavy uh, call sign? And if you want the answer to that, I was going to have Mark reiterate it just to refresh our memories, but uh, we don't have time. So if you want to hear the answer to that, go listen to Episode 7. And again, I've already uh, mentioned at the start of this episode how you can find that if you're not sure. So, and if not, yeah, just listen to the episode seven, most importantly, so I don't have to retype it over and over again. But exactly, I can just keep sending people to Flightcast, Mark. Whatever you do, and I've been doing that. Yeah, I've I've shown you where I've tried to do. God bless you. I know. All right, so um, (laughs) I typed email. Emil wants to know what your favorite aircraft is to fly in Infinite Flight. Uh, I think it really goes without saying that, uh, the Spitfire has probably become my favorite aircraft, uh, to fly. Um, the Northwest 747 is another favorite. Uh, and I do love the 737 series. So those are probably the three planes that I enjoy flying the most. I love the 208. Don't fly it as much as I used to, but Spitfire by far is my favorite. You know, I have a, I have just a, it's make, call it a premonition called a feeling, whatever you want, you know, a voice from heaven, you're going to get to fly your Airbus with the uh, bowling shoe livery. I oh, feel it. I can feel it. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm still hoping for that. I'm not giving up on that. I'm going to get my bowling shoe livery one day. I'm, I'm going to stand in solidarity with you on that. Yeah, let's stand in agreement on Amen. that. We'll Amen. get it. All right, so... Um, Sebastian's wondering, 
Uh, do you wear a cowboy hat, drive a pickup truck, and go to line dancing on the weekends? Uh, I do have a cowboy hat. I actually have a couple of Stetsons, yes. Uh, but most of the time I wear a camouflage visor. So that's what polo. I wear primarily. Huh? And a polo. Oh, and a polo shirt. Yeah, I'm either I'm always in jeans, boots, and polo shirts. It doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees or 300 degrees. Jeans, boots, and a polo shirt with my camo visor on. And I can answer the fact that he does drive a pickup truck. I do drive a pickup truck more than I want to, but uh, I do have a pickup truck, yes. What about the line dancing? Uh, the line dancing, um, yeah, not so much. Uh, it was a big thing, even at family reunions in North Carolina, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't do that as much. Dancing, all the time. Line dancing, only in certain situations and when I'm impaired. Okay. <laughs> when, I, when, when I've had too much water. <clears throat> uh, so uh, Sebastian also wants to know, as pilot community manager, and let's try and keep this brief, what would you say is the most common mistake pilots make in infinite flight? And let's just assume uh, on live. Uh, the not really understanding um, on live, probably the biggest thing would be with ATC. Right. Under, you got to learn how to fly first. Understand the basics of flying and be comfortable flying a plane that you know how to fly. Second, ATC communications. That's the biggest thing that is probably the most prominent issue, really, is pilots not understanding ATC communications. And when you get your pilot's license, for most people, that's actually the hardest part of flying. Learning to fly is easy, but the communications is what gets most people. Mm. So, And that's one thing. That's what I've seen on Infinite Flight as well. So Thomas is curious, how long have you been involved with Infinite Flight? Since the day I downloaded the app. <laughs> okay, moving along. Yeah. Uh, probably, uh, probably three and a half years maybe four maybe about three three and a half years it's a long time to have an obsession yeah almost almost four really yeah I've, I've been on there quite a while well when you have over a million xp that's a testament yeah and that's just since live um i think i've got close to 700 hours uh which there are people who have a lot more but close to 700 hours since live came out i can only imagine the amount of hours before live we're going to promote so, you to captain pretty soon. Uh, yeah, since that seems to be the only requirement is to promote yourself to captain just by <laughs> changing your call sign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, David's wondering, and again, David, if you want more info on this, um, go listen to episode seven. Uh, does Mark hold a PPL, CPL, uh, et cetera? And if so, which we all know by now, you have your PPL. How do those experiences translate into using Infinite Flight? Um, actually, it helped out a lot, of course, with understanding um, the characteristics of how to fly on infinite flight. Um, I'm able to uh, have a better understanding of, like I said, the four components, uh, thrust, lift, weight, and drag. Uh, but, you know, understanding the basic principles of flying, you know, just being able to apply that into infinite flight. Um, but especially with ATC has helped out so much 
being a real life pilot during that transition, being able to help be a part of that uh, and bringing that to Infinite Flight as well uh, and understanding the, uh, the ATC comms. Uh, that's, that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing. Of course, now on infinite flight, I've been able to fly planes that I would never get to fly in real life, which is an awesome experience Yeah. in itself. So Mark, before I let you go, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, with any questions, just, you know, send me a message or if there's any particular tutorial or anything that you need help with, just let me know. Uh, just stay tuned for, uh, future tutorials both on ATC side uh, and on the pilot side uh, and any documents that I'll be posting and uh, just let me know if you have any questions or any type of tutorial that you would really like to see and 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 how does someone get a hold of you uh, they can um, they can message me either on Facebook or directly on the forum uh, they can contact you you can direct them to me um, or they can email me at infiniteflightacademy at gmail.com Ooh, nice. Mm -hmm. Brand spanking new email address. Yes. Only the eighth one I've got on my phone now. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for doing this. It's always a pleasure to be on here with you, man. I also have a note here that says Flightcast is where it is today because of you. Yes. I don't remember typing that. No, you didn't. I typed that in. <laughs> but you were supposed to read that. You know, that was supposed to be one read, and then you kind of catch it afterwards. But yes, that is yeah. the true statement. And yet, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was new pilot community manager for Infinite Flight, Mark Denton. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you haven't already, head over to the App Store or Google Play and download Infinite Flight. For more of the podcast, visit flightcast.audio, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a great review. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash flightcastaudio and on Twitter at flightcastaudio. If you have any ideas for the podcast, please leave them in the comments. Flightcast is brought to you by Linkhouse Media on the web at linkhousemedia.com. We can always use your financial support to keep us going. And now a new way to do that is to head over to flightcast.audio slash shop and get your very own Flightcast hat, t-shirt, and other accessories. You can also donate by visiting flightcast.audio and clicking the yellow donate button in the sidebar. To cover the fine print, Flightcast is not affiliated with Infinite Flight or Flying Development Studio. I'm Jason Rosewell. Thanks for listening, and happy landings.